welcome back to the TLC podcast with me, Venus Libido. And me, Natalie Byrne. Today on the podcast, we are joined by Charlotte Williams, influencer, dog mum, podcaster, and founder of 76 Agency. In this episode, we talk to Charlotte about how she built her business, inclusivity, pricing as an influencer, and being paid your worth. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on your socials, tag us. We are the TLC podcast on Instagram and give us a review as it helps us so much. Hello, Charlotte. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I am very excited to have you on. I obviously speak to you quite a lot on Instagram, so it's nice to speak to you kind of in person-ish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how are you? How are you feeling? How's lockdown treating you? You know what? I'm good. I was talking to my nan yesterday and I was saying, I'm fine. I'm physically fine. I'm mentally sound, but I'm really, really bored. Mm. I just, I'm really struggling. I think last year I worked really, really hard and I was so lucky to have a business that was able to thrive and survive through lockdown and through the whole pandemic, to be completely honest. But I went into survival mode and I was just working, just getting stuff done building my business and it was amazing but it was very focused around work and then I said to myself like subconsciously I think just get this get through this year work it will be really shit but just do it and then next year everything will be better we'll be able to like go outside you'll be able to live your life and then you'll be able to reap the rewards of the year before and now we've come into 2021 and it's so clear that that's not going to be the case so and I don't want to work 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 I just that's not a lifestyle I can sustain so now I'm like okay so if I'm not work work working what am I doing in those gaps and I've got a boyfriend and I've got a dog and we like we live together but also we see each other all day every day so it's just like I'm just bored I just want to do something I want to like go and see my nephew and play with him and like get my nails done and go and meet a friend for a cocktail and just walk into a shop I don't even like shopping but walk into a shop and try on some clothes in the changing room that's what I want to do but it's a real like first world problem but it's my current problem (laughs) yeah you definitely hit it on the nail on the head there exactly how I feel like I'm not someone who works 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 all the time I'm I really enjoy like leisurely things like like Mm. going for a cocktail going for lots of cocktails (laughs) um just I don't like shopping either but I like to go to the shops just try stuff on for something to do that's like that's not at my computer basically Mm -hmm. So I am definitely feeling you in terms of feeling bored and struggling to like fill gaps that aren't you just working because you have nothing else to do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same. My running like path, I'm starting to become really sick of it now. I've only mentioned that. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm I'm doing this so often. Like I'm just bored of it. Um, And yeah, bored. Bored is the word right now. Mm yeah that um tiktok video that, that was like bored in the house and in the house yeah. that was before its time because we weren't that bored at that time we were yeah. we had lots to do exactly. now is when that should have come out yeah <laughs> well talking of work you are the founder of 76 agency um it's an inclusive marketing and talent management agency and it just looks fucking amazing like honestly <sighs> it looks fantastic like your your talent is amazing everyone you have on your roster is that the right way roster rooster yeah roster okay that's the right word I'm just <laughs> coming out with these words I don't even know what they mean um, <laughs> um but yeah like you have been really successful with your business like you said especially last year you've worked really hard at it um can you tell us and our listeners a little bit about your business and how it came about yeah so I have been quote unquote an influencer since like 2010 2012 time so I started a blog I basically started a blog in my year abroad and I was living in Spain and Portugal and I was like I'm just gonna start this blog and like write to my parents and whatever and I really liked it and then I I like found other blogs and I was like oh blogging's cool and then I found YouTube and I was like YouTube's cool so I did this whilst I was at uni and then graduated moved back to Portugal um where I was living year abroad and then did like freelance social media for brands whilst I was over there as well as teaching and um I just got really into social media I just loved it I was always before that I was so into MySpace like I was such a MySpace scene kid it was insane 
the photos that I used to take that content it doesn't exist anymore but it was fire like every week I changed my MySpace page I changed the profile got into coding because I just really wanted to make it amazing um so yeah so I'd found this like love for social and for blogs and all things that encompass like social platforms really and then um started to work in marketing when I was about 20 like proper marketing like when I was like 21 worked for a company not just myself and then it just evolved I got more and more into social media and influencer marketing at work but then also doing it on the side sometimes sneakily didn't want my teams to know because it was embarrassing and then eventually I just kind of did it with my chest but still felt like a bit like embarrassed that I had this side project that was actually quite successful even though I was really small um I was working like amazing brands but for some reason I always felt embarrassed to talk about it um and then in 2018 I went freelance after working for um in-house for Hello Kitty um as their digital marketing manager for Europe and then um in-house at WAR nails which no longer exists as their events manager and um social media manager and then yeah I went freelance and was just like cool so I'm just gonna try this again I hadn't done it since I was like basically a kid so I was like what's this look like and then I was getting on more and more campaigns because I had more time when you've got time influencer stuff is really easy because you can just well not easy but it's easier because you can actually say yes to a lot of things and you can make more content and you get seen etc etc so I started just to do more, go to more events, be more present on the influencer scene. And then I noticed that I would get invited to a lot of events, but it mainly was because of the connections I had through my marketing days. So I happened to work for brands that our core focus was around collaboration. So I've collaborated in my lifetime with pretty much every fashion and beauty brand under the sun because of working at WAR and at Hello Kitty. Um, which is amazing because it meant that when I left, I had so many contacts and I was just able to keep in contact with them and do other stuff with. But I'd like get invited to this stuff and I'd be like the only person of colour or black person like, at the table or at the event in so many of these things, activations. But then I'd look around and be like, I have 4,000, 5,000, depending on the time, 8,000 followers, which is so small compared to these women who had like 150,000, a million followers, like they were macro influencers and they, they had the reach. And I was just, I kept thinking, if you've got these women that represent pretty much one demographic, because they're all the, the people that, because of the kind of niche I fall into, it's kind of lifestyle, high-end, um, high street, low-end designer. So there's, you can imagine the aesthetic that they're looking for. Um, and they would always use the same people that fit, in my opinion, in the same demographics. So their followers, even though there might be 50 women in the room, actually their followers are pretty much one person because they all follow the same influencer. And um, and then I was like, and then there's me representing anyone with brown skin. Like that's a bit weird. So I'd always say to the PRs like, hey, why were there not more, you know, girls with like curly hair or like, people of color like depending on what the event was I'd be like you know where are the other people and they always would say the same thing and it was just this really weird response of we don't have access that was my first like trigger word we don't have access to those types of influencers so it was like the whole not being able to log on to Instagram and use the internet which was a peculiar thing and then the second thing was to those types, basically othering anyone who wasn't like the demographic. And when I say people of color, that's my, that's what I picked up on. That was my trigger because I am a woman of color. I'm a black woman. So I could see that visually, but then also there's a very, there was a very much a lack of people I knew personally from the LGBTQ community. And you'd look around and like, it wasn't being represented. That was very clear. There was no plus size women who I know they a lot of the times they did actually go up to those sizes but they just didn't you know think they needed to be there and there were just so many things that fit in the whole like inclusive marketing side that just just wasn't being ticked off in my opinion I find it a bit of a tick boxing exercise and so it's a really long answer I just realized I find it a tick boxing exercise generally and they just haven't even gone past like tick one 
so that's where the agency came from I just decided I spoke to friends I literally had friends calling me crying it was like 2018 there were just so many events I had friends cry, calling me crying saying you know we've got I've been to this event some woman again put her hand through my hair and I felt really uncomfortable someone you know used this pronoun I felt really uncomfortable whatever it might be there were so many different things that came up and then I had my own um personal experiences I actually went to an event and left crying actually it happened twice in 2018 because I was so frustrated with just the lack of care for diversity not even just the lack of diversity but the lack of like consideration um and I was just like I'm a token I am the token in a lot of these situations because I'm really easy to access for a lot of these women um which is just not okay so the agency came from me figuring out how I was going to market influencers of color to be accessible and approachable to these brands and unfortunately a lot of the times they need an in like I have the in because I know the people but there's so many people that have I work with that have been discovered because we've like mentioned to a brand oh you do food or you have a campaign come up with food, this girl does food and she makes an excellent content, but they would never have seen her ever before because they just don't go down that rabbit hole of that part of Instagram. So yeah. Great answer. I love a long answer, especially Sorry. Why, we, why we did the podcast because um, we love uh, we love to know all the like... Love to listen. Yeah, listen. love to listen. The nitty gritty. Yeah. I think it's really interesting because like even before corona I would go to events and I would always always end up messaging Natalie saying I'm fucking annoyed I'm left annoyed it was just full of white women skinny white women like I am gonna send a shitty email in the morning and I was always that one person who would just be sat in the room pissed off because obviously a lot of people are sat there laughing up the free shit and yeah enjoying having free drinks and you know um making connections and I was and I was like thinking to myself there's so many amazing there's so much like amazing talent out there that it's not hard like you said the whole we didn't have access to this or we don't know we didn't or we invited these um we invited people of color or black people or uh, people from the LGBTQI plus community and they couldn't come and there was always Mm -hmm. some bullshit excuse as to why like there wasn't a diverse amount of people in that room and it wasn't it wasn't good enough yeah Um, and those are the always the responses I got when I would you know complain and say you know you need to do better you need to try harder you need to you know you need to reach out to more people then in that case because you're obviously not doing enough but would you say that you like from starting your business before we you know before corona um you noticed that brands were making more of an effort to include other people in the room but like did you or it's difficult so if I use my business as an example since I since I launched I've had work so that's really good but I haven't necessarily had work because of the diversity element Mm -hmm. I've had work from I'm lucky to have really great old bosses and people that I've worked with in the past that just know me and want to work with me so from start to now I've always had like a good influx of work which depending on the stage we were at you know was good so like what I was working with two years ago is very different to now but um it was fine but what I've noticed that towards the end of 2019 I saw a bit more of an intake of people who were very much focused around diversity not just like influencer marketing so before it was just like, oh, we want to do an influencer campaign. And it wasn't focused around, we need it to be diverse because I knew the people, they knew what they were getting into. Whereas now we work with so many different agencies, so many different um, brands and the purpose for them coming to us is because they need a diversity like mm. boost. Yeah. Um, and we saw that rise in 2019 and we didn't, um, the company didn't have the talent management side until last year, 2020. So um, I saw a rise in people looking to be more like diverse in their influencer campaigns, quote unquote. And then after um, the Black Lives Matter resurgence, May, June time, we saw an insane influx of people. And I think that came from 
me posting some content on social just to like explain in my own words what how I felt in terms of racism because there was a lot of confusion I think in my own life with my partner who's white and his family members and some of my white family members as well because I'm mixed um and friends who didn't really understand the gravity specifically for UK people um of the the death of George Floyd and why everyone was so upset traumatized angry because it didn't happen here Mm. and I I needed to explain it and I just kind of took a moment and I just made a video to explain why it, it was important to the black community in the UK because it affects all of us and that video pretty much went viral and it was shared with um like everyone like Zoella shared it and like loads of like white beauty and interiors and bloggers like the perfect aesthetic that the PRs want those bloggers all shared it and I was really, really overwhelmed. And in the space of three days, I gained 25,000 followers, um, which is mad and I wouldn't recommend. It's like really, really scary. <laughs> Your phone goes mental and then you're like, oh, you, Venus, you've got a massive following. So I don't know, I've only followed you when you've been big. I don't know if you had yeah. like a- Yeah, like there a was like an inbox, yeah. But it was really like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I had to give my phone to my sister. I couldn't like, do anything it was it was scary um especially because the demographic that was following me were people that I don't normally interact with on my platform so because at that time the majority of the people that I that followed me were normally like mixed race UK based girls who followed me because you know they like my hair or we had a similar skin tone um or body shape and it was like how I use Instagram like you you follow people that you either have like your friends with you aspire to look or be like to give you tips or like business and life aspirations um and so it was just really weird all these women just like came and like took over my page and that obviously really affected my business because I talk so much about what I do on my Instagram so it like really kind of catapulted us to where we are now um so yeah we I don't think now to last year or to the, when we first launched are we even comparable um which I think is a good thing in the sense that at least people are now taking notice and they're looking to make changes I just don't think we're quite there with the changes <laughs> the actual change yeah and and we've both uh you know saw so much of our own friends who are mixed or black have an influx of a huge amount of Mm. of followers as well and um and the you know the kind of followers like you said they're not necessarily like they well a lot of people were posting things like um you know it's not right now people were using it as an opportunity I guess to like slide into people's well I know to slide into people's dms and be like explain this to me and and the whole Mm. energy through that you know time um it was it was uh it It was was exhausting (laughs) yeah And, and I was gonna say that that must have been like you said putting your phone down um after so many followers How did you take care of your mental health at that time? I just switched off. Um, My sister was taking, because my sister works with me, and she was taking, like, notes. So she logged into my account and just, like, looked after it for a little bit, for about a week. And I just basically just put it to the side and would check maybe once a day and just check what was going on. and there were a few people that I was like, oh my God, this is sick. Like Gillian Anderson follows me and I wow. love her. And she like posted me on her feed. And I was like, this is the best day of my entire life. Like, I'm so happy. But um, there were also other people that were really amazing. But then there were just so many DMs. Um, I think I had to, when I eventually, I took a break. And then I, re- on a Saturday, sat down and answered every single DM. And it was about it was about 2000 like it was a it was a lot and I, oh. I had to like spend some time going through them there were lots of reposts and that was an easy one it was just like thanks for reposting 
smooth over. But then there were lots of questions. There were lots of people saying how amazing they found my video or how helpful they found it. And that was quite rewarding. But at the same time, the video was quite simple. It wasn't, in my personal opinion, I spoke to my mum about it and she was a bit like, I learned from it. And I was like, mm, that's a bit worrying. But I found the, the message to be quite simple and quite obvious, but it made it very clear that to a lot of people, it isn't. Mm. So that's what I think has really helped me base my kind of ideas on race relations in the UK and how I go about training and I do inclusive marketing training and strategy for brands and how I now go about that. Because what I think is obvious and what my friends think who are people of colour or come from minority groups, what they think is obvious isn't necessarily obvious to the general public. And now I'm totally aware of that and I'm able to tailor things. And there are different types of people who talk about race. And I think there's a space for everyone. I'm not the kind of person, I don't do cancel culture. I don't do call out culture. I don't, I'm, I'm not a negative person, but there is definitely room for people who do those things and are those types of people. Um, and I think it takes all types of learning to actually mm. understand what's going on. So I am more of a nurturer. And if I feel like you don't understand, I will try to help you understand using my personal experiences and try to level with you. But I think that's because I do have a white parent and grandparents and I grew up um, in a very white area. So I'm very used to being around people who don't look like me and don't have the same culture necessarily as me um, because my West Indian identity is actually quite strong within my family. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just, I, I just found the whole experience really interesting because it was super draining, but then I really wanted to do it. And there's a difference. Like if I didn't want to engage, I could have just not done it. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I know people who chose that route and that's fine because you have to protect your mental health. But I have chosen this job so I felt like I had to continue with the work because as much as it's not my place to teach, actually people pay me for training and I've chosen to work in a diversity focused space. So if I didn't do the things that I think I did, like reply to DMs and speak to people in a certain way that I feel like I would have done myself a disservice. Um, but that's just because of my specific role. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, there's something that Africa Brooks says, um, and she said recently in a in our GTV live, um, what was it, Natalie? We were saying it was a really good thing to. I'm invite. not here to speak on demand. Yeah, and I always think that's such a, I mean, just a simple way of putting it. Like it's your, it's your decision what you decide to talk about and how you decide mm -hmm. to talk about it, and where you decide to put that energy. And I think, and it's This is why you know I think I I wanted to speak to you today. I love your work. I love your page. I think it's very like I learn a lot just from listening to you and look, looking at your post and everything you create um and I know recently I spoke to you in your dms about how much we hate Instagram <laughs> and the platform itself um but I want and I was saying to Natalie before this I wanted to get this question in at some point um like your thoughts and your feelings towards the platform and the fact that you know we are both in, well we're all influencers who use our platform to promote product sometimes and mm. and brands and their and stuff just stuff but we also yeah. hate the platform we're on and we're doing it on like how like what's your relationship like with social media at the moment it's really confusing so I find because I work so heavily in my job with social not even to the point where it's like posting but it's like having day-to-day -day interactions with the Instagram team, with the Pinterest team, and knowing these people personally, like we have catch-ups and chats and that's like one side to it. And then there's me being on the app and being like, I fucking hate this. Like you, it's not doing what it's supposed to do. But then also remembering that it doesn't have to do anything because it's a free app. And I had to remind myself this the other day, it's a free platform that we are able to monetize and, and we make careers off of. I think it's really important that we note that because the, the app doesn't owe us anything. And I just this week, because I'm, I'm write, writing a training course for um, a scheme that I'm on um, with apprentices and 
I was just going through some of my old um, work and I was like, oh yeah, that's a really good thing to, to note. I've been complaining so much about this, but like, what does this owe me? Nothing. Mm. So I think it's really important to, at the moment to figure out what it is that you want from your life and from your career. So I think Venus, we were talking about like newsletters and, and things like that. And I think I'm trying to figure out now after having that crazy year, what it is that I want to, me personally to promote as an influencer. So I'm ta- I've taken a break from gifting as an example. Um, so yesterday I posted a load of products that I've been sent recently um, over kind of the Christmas period. And I've been really putting off posting them just because I'm so grateful to receive everything. And the brands are just so lovely that I work with. And I have no bad words to say about anything or anyone only great things but also it's really time consuming and tiring to post this stuff and I feel such a responsibility I think because I work with so many small businesses I feel such a great responsibility in how I post so if I just do a story and I'm just like oh thanks for you know that beauty product I don't think I've done enough to help them when I genuinely believe in their product and their ethos yeah and it's just but then I don't have enough time to post about them because I have a full-time job and I manage five people and then I have all the talent that we look after who need things and I just I don't have enough and then I have a personal life I try to so I've decided to take a step back and I think this actually came quite heavily from our conversation Venus of me figuring out what it is that I want because I'm really good at helping other people figure out how to I, I literally just had a lunch date with one of my two of my friends and I was talking to one of them about something I won't mention actually in case we actually go ahead with it but she was talking about something and I was like you should do this give me an hour of your time next week and I will make you a plan for it and I'm really good at helping people create their vision but when it comes to my own I just completely ignore myself and there are so many things I want to do so many courses I want to go on so many things I want to delve into and like really learn more I'm I'm actually a really big geek um, so I'm obsessed with languages and learning languages and understanding um, different cultures. I'm obsessed with like craft and like sustainability actually in a really deep sense. I'm really into, but not in the way that I can feel comfortable to sit on a panel and go through like statistics and facts and figures. I just believe in like living a very conscious lifestyle. I always have. So it's just, re- I just need to figure out what it is I want to do. I know I want to start a newsletter, but what is that going to look like? I know I want to do less on Instagram, but more quality content. Mm. Again, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, I, I want to start using platforms like Clubhouse and Twitter more, but I need to really understand what I'm talking about rather than just complaining. Because I find there are certain platforms that you just sit on and you just complain. And then you look back at your content and you're just like, oh my God, I'm such like a sad like old woman (laughs) why am I like sitting here complaining um so yeah I think my relationship's quite confusing at the moment and I think I'm just going through a bit of a feel like I'm going through like that puberty stage of like finding myself and like really understanding who I want to be as a grown-up um but it's coming and today and yesterday are the first two days of 2021 that I felt really really happy content there was like a glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel like and I think it's because I've I've got a specific member of my team I'm actually gonna shout out there's a girl that works with us called Amma and she's our digital assistant and she's just really really smart and really good and is a really hard worker and um because she's so yeah she's 25 so I've got six years on her and I remember when I was her age, what I was like, and it's, I'm quite quite similar to what she is and she's got similar um, interests. And I was just thinking, she's really excited about her job and the things that she wants to do. And that excites me. So I just had to take a step back and be like, okay, I need to go back to this. I need to go back to like young Charlotte when I was actually excited about things and not about likes and what yeah. works. And like the other day I posted a picture of my dog. It wasn't a great picture. It, I just really wanted to post the picture. And I got like 500 likes or something, which is really low for me. And I was like, that's fine. I don't care. I really don't care. And as long as I 
fulfill my contracts with my paid posts and they get like the good engagement because I do that properly I feel like I just want to start posting like just stuff like my dinner mm. and the cocktail that I made and like yeah whatever you know I want to just become like a bit of a normal person and yeah. use it like a normal person I feel you this is why I posted a picture of me in that snowman costume the other oh week God, I loved it I just I'm so bored of posting products and drawing like drawings that I'm just doing for the sake of drawing like I want to post stuff about my real life and me yeah. being silly and having fun because that's what I actually care about and what makes me happy I don't care about the numbers anymore um but yeah but if it. you go on your stories and you like the interactions I have with my followers on my stories are amazing like there are some girls that follow me that know more about my life than me and it's actually quite funny and like, I'll post something and they'll remind me of something I said a couple of months ago. And I'm like, oh my God, you're actually like my friend. This is great. <laughs> but they want, they do want that stuff. They might just not like it on the feed because it isn't what they're normally used to seeing. But they'll look at it and they'll be like, oh yeah, that, that's cool. I'm sure they'll like interact with it mentally, not with the natural yeah. double click because they're not programmed to do it. So I think it's really important to just like, kind of give them what they want and don't expect anything from them yeah, yeah. I love that and I think uh Venus your snowman outfit was also one of my favorite <laughs> it was so good and I think when oh it's it's especially with the how things have been being more inside um I've seen so many people and I've spoken to so many people who are their relationship with social media is getting more intense and more negative mm. Um, and yeah, seeing a lot of people move to newsletters, I think is, is really exciting because it's again, it's not the algorithm, but it's so, you're so right when it comes to social media, like framing it as in we're not paying for it. It's such a nice way to, I don't know, it's a new mindset shift, um, it, which I'm definitely feel like is helping me today feel like that about it all. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, Sometimes on the podcast, we like to talk about uh, some of the biggest challenges, especially when it comes to being creative and running a business. Um, do you have any challenges that come to mind um, that you want to talk about? My biggest challenge, and I say this all the time, is that nobody talks about how to run a business. Mm. People tell you you should start a business. People tell you how amazing it is to be your own boss, which is a lie. People tell you all of these great things about entrepreneurship, but no one tells you, okay, so you're going to start a business and you want to start an agency. This is the kind of stuff you should maybe look into. This is the kind of tax stuff you need to know about. This is the kind of, you know, things you need to do. As an example, I'm um, taking on some of my employees as PAYE, which is literally the most adult thing I've ever done in my life. So I now, as of February, will have staff members that I pay a pension to, I pay tax and insurance for, and it's petrifying. But nobody tells you how to do this, even mm. to the point where my accountant, who is an absolute goddess, and I love her, and I was like, yep, taking um, three of the girls on PAYE, let's um, make that happen. And she was like, yeah, cool, tell me their wages and I'll get it all brought up. But I was like, whoa 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 before we start how does the tax work how much tax do I have to pay like you can google this stuff but it's not easily like outlined as an employer apart from just their apart from the pension and tax what else do I need to give them are there other benefits that companies have that I could sign up for that are free and like good to do there's so many questions I've had to ask this in this last week that no one actively talks about and I would this is like a really great idea and I would love to someone for someone to listen to this and do it and it not just have to be me to do it but I'd love someone to start a platform where they just tell you how to do stuff and it's free and tell you how to do stuff in your business yeah and I'm sure it kind of exists but I've never seen it like this I see a lot of like women's groups where it's like sharing entrepreneurship and sisterhood and all of that but they're not there's no nitty-gritty and I actually mm. don't care at this point about networking I just want to know how to pay tax properly or what benefits would be good not even like are, in, are necessary but would be good for my team to have that make me look like a good employer like you know little things like that and I think 
it's just such a myth and I also find that there's a class divide with that as well in that I have lots of friends who've started businesses and have access to like amazing mentors and um just like really great stuff but it's because they've come from a background where you know they've they've got money in their family or their parents have like big jobs and have access to lots of different people that they can lean on whereas like my parents are like really working class for like social services there's no one that I could like pick their brains from their friendship group to be like how do I like run an agency um and every time I've tried to reach out and find an, a mentor they try to charge me and I know so many people who run multi-million pound businesses who get free mentorship and I'm just like they don't even need it like <laughs> I don't know where to start so I feel like there's just such a gap for women for working class women for women of color for black women there's just so many gaps that we we face because we just don't have the access and Mm. there are ways to get into groups and stuff but you do have to go through quite a lot of hoops to get there and it's just a bit like "Mm." so it's exhausting yeah we've talked about this before actually on on an episode of our podcast about how where me and Natalie both come from families who our parents aren't very good at money or saving or never or don't have savings and we have not had that opportunity to be taught about running a business and taxes Mm -hmm. and what we should be doing and saving and we've not had we've not had that we've not had that support or that knowledge passed down to us um and I just always think to myself like oh I'm such a business savvy person like I have so many business ideas that I know would do really well but I'm too scared to just start because I ain't got a fucking clue where to begin Um, so I, I agree with you it'd be so amazing if there was just a platform that was that was free that really was really like clear and to the mm. point about taxes and money and the logistics of you know even down to like say if you wanted to start a clothing brand like the right places to go to get your patterns made or just yeah. little things like that it needs um, to be bespoke I think yeah. with influencer life I try to do that for the community because I have access to some like really great people. So we've got an event next Sunday, which well, is going, called going. Oh yay! I'm excited. Vision to reality. And it's basically it came from like I always make a vi- vision board or like set goals, but then only this from last year have I figured out how to actually get what I have written down in my goals. I think I always write these goals and then I was talking to my therapist about this this morning actually I write the goals and then I've never actually acted on them properly to succeed and recently I figured out how to do that and I wanted to just help other people get there and it's same with that like influencer life like some people are like oh I want to get 10,000 followers I want to get to 50,000 followers but it's like you can get there it's it is actually easy to get there if you really put the work in and it doesn't have to be working hard it's working smart so what are the ways that you can figure out? And that's such a like lame thing to say, like work smart, don't work hard, um, it's business chat. But um, I think it a lot of it comes from just like knowing things from your practical life. So I try to put together events like that to help people. So we've done a couple on like finances. I've worked with this like, incredible accountant that focuses on um female entrepreneurs and um influencers specifically so she knows everything about influencer taxes mm. and um oh did you do a she, yeah. instagram live with her? no you did something we did yeah we did a yeah like, i missed it zoom yeah i missed that so she's doing a more that was like a bit of a free it, well, i had to stop it because it was the questions were like going on forever and I was like this is only an hour so she's doing a much more structured um version next week at the event so definitely take oh, okay. notes um it's yeah she's brilliant um and if you haven't done your tax return yet it gives you've got six days before the end of the month to get it done so she might give you some tips okay. um but yeah we've done things like that we work with, like Pinterest and like how to get them at Pinterest is, like such a great platform that a lot of influencers don't think about it's like and I don't actually use properly and I wish I did again time figuring out what works but like how to like use your Pinterest accounts like get more traffic to your Instagram or to your website or to your newsletter whatever that might be and um, we've done stuff with Facebook Twitter and I just want to give people that access and if they have the questions that they can ask the actual platforms and be like 
I need this how do I get there um and I think that's the only way you can do it and the big influencers that are signed to agencies get a lot of help from the platforms um and if they ever need anything it's there whereas smaller influencers or people who are unsigned don't really get that support and can go around a bit lost sometimes and try and find their way so I really want to be that kind of help line to when people need that support that I might not necessarily introduce you to my contact at Instagram because that's a personal connection that I have but I can help you figure out how to get the answer that you need be that me asking them or I probably might know the answer or we can like work on a strategy whatever that might be so um yeah I just think guidance in every kind of industry is needed for people who don't have the extra support that comes from management money parents whatever that might be schooling class all of that race yeah absolutely and it's so something that I mean I think Venus and I spoke about the fact that we missed that event that you that you talked about so we're very excited for your future ones um yeah and working smarter not not harder is like my my mantra for this year going into it trying to figure out um information but it is hard because it's not as accessible and I've seen so many people who are working class or from families that are, are working class or um from immigrant parents like uh end up going into another job or another industry but because they uh, give up for I don't know for various reasons so we're both really passionate about everything you said so uh, I think it's it's so important to talk about as well because a lot of the time I know for myself I felt like am I an idiot that I don't know this or yeah, mm, yeah definitely you know, when people say something and you're like what does that even mean yeah and like, everyone in the room knows and you're like okay write this down and remember <laughs> it because you'll need to google this later but it's just like you just wasn't there for that lesson at uni or school or don't I don't know just like not everything is accessible and I think that's something I absolutely despise is like jargon and like people assuming everyone knows everything and everyone knows everyone I can actually do that sometimes so I have I always think that everyone like is connected and knows people but they don't but generally like I can hear my boyfriend sometimes like being a bit jargony on his calls and I'm like explain what that means because that person might not understand mm. what like b to c means or d to c or whatever you're talking about like just be inclusive and like use words that make people feel like they're part of the conversation and not excluded yeah yeah no one wants to feel like they're asking us any question as well so i think that's so oh i just i love it and i think what you're doing is great um on the same kind of similar vein um I know myself and I've been speaking to so many other people who do I don't know small business influencers who um struggle with confidence when it comes to negotiating and getting paid what they're worth do you have any um advice on how to go into a situation when you're feeling um just a bit unconfident yes I think confidence comes with experience. So it's very difficult to be confident in knowing your pricing if you've never actually charged it. And I think that's something that in the influencer space we have a big problem with because if you're not used to getting work, you don't know how much you're worth because generally, because no one talks about money. So I work a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot with influencers and content creators on figuring out what their price should be. I'm a firm believer in understanding pricing within this industry as if it was a normal industry because there's no reason to why we shouldn't have semi-set rates like the rest of the creative industry if you were a videographer you would have there'd be like a pretty much a standard rate for a certain type of videographer with a certain set of experience so if you're an influencer it should be the same but unfortunately we work on like the whim of like whatever the brand manager wants to like pay on that day so my top tips are figure out in any way you can this is actually quite difficult but I'm hoping to have a solution for this um figure out what the average like going rate is for your work 
So unfortunately, if you're an influencer, unfortunately, it's quite difficult to work that out because we don't go by day rates. So I have a lot of talent that I've worked with in the past who have hundreds and thousands of followers or tens of thousands of followers, and they've been charging like a £250 day rate for their posts. But actually, someone of their level could be charging £2,000, £5,000, you know, that kind of massive contrast of price. And it's because they just don't know. And I laugh about it now, but I'm, I find it really funny because I know these things because I've always worked on the brand side. I've always had the budgets to play with. Um, the, some of them have been small, some of them have been big, but there's always been money. So I've always known what generally people are being paid and what we're supposed to pay people. So work out what that is. Um, we're so seven six we're actually creating a pricing report we're delving through it at the moment so it should it'll be released in the beginning of february but you'll get a taste of it at the event um because i think we'll have all the data sorted for the event but we won't have like the polished finished report to hand out um but we've basically interviewed or surveyed a bunch of influencers hundreds of influencers and brands and agencies to ask them influencer side what they charge and agencies and brands what they pay for certain followings and it's it's more of an average than a specific fee but then we're going to create because we have a like a boundary kind of bracket of like what we pay certain influencers and we always follow that um but we want to see what basically the rest of the uk are doing and then we'll create our own based on that as well but i know that our pricing is actually spot on and super fair but um I think no figure out what you need to be paid and you could even ask friends you don't have to ask them the exact figure people don't like to answer those kind of questions but you could ask them the opposite way to be like if I were to charge 500 pounds for this post do you think that's enough mm. and then they could be like oh no I think you should charge more or I think you're overcharging or yeah you're spot on um, and ask a few people because not everyone has the right answers and then you can kind of figure that out the one big test is if you really want to get your numbers right, which is what we do with our talent, is figure out a price. Get a few brands to ask you for your price for a piece of content, whatever. And then if they negotiate it down every time, then you're probably at the right price or you need to go down a little bit. And if they don't negotiate, add a hundred pounds on. And then the next time that happens, see if they negotiate down. And if they don't negotiate again, add another hundred and just keep going until they stop negotiating. Um, sometimes people negotiate because if it's a small business or they don't have the budget, they don't have the budget. And you have to sometimes just be aware of that and don't take offense because not everyone has thousands of pounds to play with. Um, but generally there's a standard price. So you go on that. And I think you're quickly, if you're getting a lot of, inquiries you'll quickly figure out what is the right pricing for you because if people aren't negotiating with you and they're just paying it then there's normally something wrong like you need to go a bit higher and we had this recently with um something I did and I <laughs> I always do my pricing like whatever I'm really bad never if you ever want a discount working with me come <laughs> to me directly because my my sister who manages all the talent and all the pricing she gets so angry with me when I do my own deals and um, they would, it was like for a live or something. And I was like, yeah, this price. And they were like, oh, perfect. And I definitely could have charged like 500 pounds more. And my sister was like, what's wrong with you? And I was just like, oh, you know, happens. I wouldn't do that with my own talent, but with me, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Just like do whatever. But um, I think, yeah, negotiating is tough. And some people are good at it naturally. Some people are, I'm not a natural negotiator. And I think it's just really important just to know your rate. And if you know your rate, you know what you're worth. And you can say, right, if my rate's 500 pounds, as an example, I know that I will charge 500 pounds for this post, but I'm happy to go down to 400 pounds at a discount for, and then make your reasons why. Yeah. Um, not because the brand just wants to negotiate, but because it's a small business or, they're a, a client that keeps coming back or whatever that might be. You have to have a reason to why you would happily bring yourself down. Um, 
and then oh, just know that whatever happens that's your pricing and you have to stick with it because if you're wishy-washy with it then you'll never get the right price yeah hopefully oh, that helps great advice yeah very great advice good tips and i'm definitely going to use some of those myself <laughs> yeah just always go high it's like the yes thing. yes yeah and i'm i'm excited to see the report when it comes out um me too actually because i haven't yeah. delved through all the figures and i've i've only seen a couple of them and some of them are really interesting what brands have been paying really um, there's from what i've seen so far there's a contrast of like super high and mm. super low and yeah. like the expectations just a bit like whoa i find it very strange that the bigger brands will want to pay me less Mm-hmm. and then the smaller brands are willing to give me a lot more and, and pay I quick of, as well and pay quick yeah. yeah and you know I've got I've got kind of my set rates now that I know people that if they do, if they want it they'll take it if they don't then I just you know offer something else or don't work with them if they take the piss mm. but it is it has been like over the last two years kind of working this this kind of set price out it's not something that's like happened overnight but I I get asked all the time by people like what should I be charging for this and I'm so transparent with money like I tell people how much I'm getting paid and oh yeah me too all the time I just don't care because at the end of the day it's money and I want to make sure if I'm working on something with someone else that they're getting paid the same as me because it lowers the whole industry down doesn't it if you're in an industry and someone else is paying really low then that company is going to go have different expectations yeah yeah exactly. I always tell people my rate I don't necessarily share it on like a recording because it will change and I also don't share it with brands like willy-nilly but when influencers and content creators ask me personally I share it because I know that my rate is fair yeah. and I know for my engagement and my following and my niche it's a good rate and if I can say to them okay so you've got better engagement which a lot of the time they do um so you've got better engagement than me and you've got a larger following or the same following so you can charge more or you've got a lower following but your engagement's like six times more than mine so actually you could charge the same so it's just like making people understand that it's not a set price it does differ but it also has to do with like where you sit in different there's like basically three different things like what what where's your what's your niche because each niche has different pricing like beauty pays quite well fashion depending on where you sit can pay well can pay terribly um tech is amazing um they seem to have all the money and then there's like other random ones that seem to have money as well so knowing what niche you're in will say how much budgets Mm. will be able to be played with knowing your following will give you like an average fee of like what you should be looking at and then knowing your engagement knows really like where to hit so if you've got a good following but your engagement shit you're not going to be able to charge confidently as much as if you had an incredible engagement and yeah. a good following so it's just like knowing those facts and then believing it and also understanding engagement looking at engagement rates on the right websites and figuring out okay this is what the industry standard is I sit here so like four percent industry standards like two percent if you have four percent that's really good if you have seven percent that's great this is more for bigger um, influences like macro if you have seven percent that's like wow if you've got over seven percent and you've got like a hundred thousand followers you're like a unicorn <laughs> and that's incredible um but then if you've got a lower following your engagement rate should be higher yeah and- that's how it should be so if you've got 5,000 followers but you've only got one percent engagement rate then you're not doing a good enough job and you have to figure out how to change Mm. that um but if you've got 5,000 followers and then like a 25 percent engagement rate that's brilliant so you can sell yourself a lot better yeah oh mine's non-existent at the moment just because of stupid stupid (laughs) shadow banning that I'm constantly getting because they hate me um oh yeah I, you've yeah. got it bad actually I've got it bad I've got it really bad <laughs> another one of my friends had it bad as well and I'm just like oh I just but don't care anymore I've been considering I talk about race I've actually been okay my account's been suspended a few times um for like no reason um yeah. which has been quite scary but I don't get banned but I don't use hashtags so no I don't either oh I don't do hashtags can't be bothered 
too it's, I've got too much to do of my life and do have to <laughs> figure out hashtags um well that was amazing oh great God. answers um we normally like to round up the last question to do with loneliness because the TLC mm-hmm. podcast is about loneliness and we like to ask our guests the question um what's your relationship like with loneliness and how are you dealing how do you deal with loneliness when you are lonely I am an introvert and I really enjoy my own company so I find loneliness quite interesting because I don't often feel lonely because I'm very content with being by myself Mm -hmm. um during this lockdown I have felt a sense of loneliness in that I really have missed my siblings and my parents because my family are very close um and that kind of I have this thing of like the smell of my mum and her hug can like completely change my whole life so there was a time during not sorry not this lockdown but the last one that I felt even though I live with my partner and I am not ever ever alone (laughs) which is really really stressful um I have felt lonely because I miss certain people and certain experiences um but generally I don't feel lonely actually I I often feel the opposite I get really overwhelmed with company I find being with people quite difficult (laughs) which people find mad but um so I don't often yeah I don't often feel lonely I feel um actually can I take that back that's not true I just I just had a brainwave that isn't true because I was seeing a therapist I'm I'm seeing a therapist but I had to at the end of last year I had to source one because I felt that my problems were too non-important to Mm. share with my friends because everyone was going through so much so I felt lonely in my um in my problems like I had lot I have lots of friends that I don't have lots but I have a handful of friends that I'm very close with and I talk to every day and we have great relationships but I had so many things that I felt like I really needed to get off my chest about my life about some like personal issues relationship stuff with my family with my friends whatever that might be I couldn't talk to anyone because my sister works with me and I didn't want to like make her feel uncomfortable my boyfriend knows everything and he's just here and some things might have been about him I didn't want to worry my parents like there was no one that I could turn to and feel like my problem wasn't a burden to their life and that is actually the first time in a very long time that I felt a sense of loneliness because I was surrounded by people but I wasn't able to actually go deep to share with them my burden but I happily took on their burdens because I knew they needed me that's a personal issue that I'm going through at the moment with therapy in that figuring out why I feel like I can't share my problems because I don't want to be a burden Oh, that's something I feel like I've heard even myself say and friends say of like, oh, I know you're going through really tough times that I don't want to talk mm. about. You know, I, I think that that's so something, especially with how intense everything has been and continues to be. Um, it's, uh, and you know, your friends are stressed out and going through various things. It's mm. um, definitely a challenge I've seen around me people deal with and myself I think I said it the other day to my boyfriend I was like I just didn't want to make ruin your day you were having such a nice day (laughs) and I don't want to ruin it but um yeah thank you so much for coming on the podcast I feel like we learned so much I feel so much better I I feel like I wasn't having a good day and then (laughs) we had just the best conversation we love talking about money we love uh talking about how information needs to be accessible and thank you so much for giving us your time today yeah thank Thank you you so much um if people want to find you on your socials where can they what can they find about you online and where oh god knows what you can find about me online (laughs) i'm not sure we've got got your podcast your bit like name name everything yeah right (laughs) so we have um my instagram is charlotte seven six the letters not the numbers um I have a podcast called Sustainably Influenced and you can find that Sustainably Influenced on Instagram or sustainablyinfluenced.com. Um, and then my business is 76 Agency. So you can find us on all platforms as the letters again, 76 Agency. So yeah.
Brilliant. And thank you so much again for coming on. It's been a joy to talk to you. Um, um, and we will see everybody next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Bye. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank, yeah, thank you. you.